0: on the record with Gavin Riley brought to you by PwC on news talk uh, we are joined by the newly minted uh, minister for employment affairs uh, neil richmond uh, minister congratulations and welcome to the studio uh, when did you find out you were getting the job
1: um, officially, Friday morning after it was passed by cabinet. But I spoke to the Taoiseach late on Thursday night. Okay, so he gave you a bit of a heads up that he was going to be looking for cabinet approval for your appointment. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, you are now one of the three TDs of Dublin Rathdown, all of which have ministerial office.
1: What's so special about South Dublin that you get so many ministerial gigs? I don't think it's anything to do with the geography. I think it's um, three individuals and in two different parties who have uh, been selected by their leaders to, to serve in government and we're very glad to do so. Mm. It's, un- it's unusual though. I mean, it might be just a coincidence, but it's unusual that you'd have three, three jobs in a 3 C constituency. Well, it's unprecedented. It's never happened before, but it's certainly... We had two ministers in the last all, two ministers up until Friday and now three and it's just a peculiarity obviously with the coalition government and all Mm. the considerations that go into it
0: Uh, Obviously it is no slight on yourself but there have been some uh, grumblings of discontent from others within your party that a lot of jobs tend to go to people from the Dublin region that older TDs or those from outside the pale don't get much of a look in Again it it is no slight on you but what do you say to that sort of concern or do you at least understand the reservations people might have?
1: Oh absolutely and those comments have been made by some of my closest friends in the parliamentary party so I don't take it personal in any which way and it's Now the challenge to people like me and other ministers to show that we're not just ministers for an individual constituency, we're ministers for the entire state indeed. I'd like to see us acting in in relation to the entire island and within the European Union and uh, that falls on us and I really look forward to that.
0: Uh, What do you make of how the job became vacant in the first
1: place? Did Amy English do the right thing or was it tenable for him to try and stay? Oh, he absolutely did the right thing. It's very unfortunate, obviously, Damien, close friend. We're all sorry to see him go, but he acted quickly and it was fairly clear what he had to do. And um, it was a real shame. And again, this is another challenge to all of us in politics uh, to show that we hold ourselves to the highest standards and we'll continue to do so. Um, For the
0: record, are you entirely happy with all of your SIPO filings over the years about any interests that you may or may
1: not have? I am. I don't really have any interests, um, to be honest. I've never applied for a planning permission and I've never owned a property other than my home, so... It's very straightforward.
0: Um, So you're now the Minister for um, Employment Affairs. So you are uh, attached across two different departments. So it's kind of very easy to get your feet under the desks that quickly and particularly when you uh, were only formally given the job on Friday lunchtime. Uh, Did you get much of a chance to to get your feet under the desk or to to get yourself caught up with the brief in
1: the 48 hours or so since you got it? Yeah, so I was in the Department of Enterprise on Friday evening. uh, Met the Secretary General. um, Got some briefing files. We'll have a whole day of briefings tomorrow but I would have spent a lot of yesterday going through it. It is an area where have done quite a bit of work on obviously in relation to Brexit in the retail sector, the implications for imports and exports and checks with that. uh, Work permits is something that all TDs but particularly in my constituency have been very active on and um, it's just the whole area of retail and moving things onto digital, it's changed so much since the pandemic. We all would work hand-in-hand with retailers in our own constituencies over the last couple of years.
0: Is it any uh, area that you've got any professional experience in yourself? Have you ever worked in retail or in any kind of employment affairs brief?
1: Well I've certainly worked in retail. um, I've worked in shops. My 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 granddad um, managed a supermarket, and, and my dad grew up mm. living over at the top of it in Bolton Glass. Although I don't think that's exactly relevant to this position, but. More importantly, the legislation that Damien would have brought through the door over the last couple of years, I would have spoken and engaged on all that uh, at second stage and indeed at report stage.
0: Um, I presume, um, given that there was a a ministerial reshuffle only about a month ago, that there must have been some briefing document that was kind of recently put together in the event that the job were to change hands anyway. So uh, is there any kind of a a handbook that someone had prepared to try and help you get caught up or are you very much kind of flying blind
1: trying to, to learn your way into the job? No, no, there is a handbook and there's been a fairly good briefing that I was given on Friday and uh, a small library of documentation to go over uh, the last 24 hours. Mm. So definitely lots of reading to do. Uh,
0: Have you had a chance to speak to um,
1: Simon Coveney, who's the new lead minister in that department, about any kind of priorities? I did. I spoke to Simon uh, early on Friday morning. He rang me just pleasantries. congratulate talk about the designated roles but I will have a proper meeting with them uh, Mm. early this week So what do you see as the priorities for the job then because as you say uh,
0: retail business it's an area which not alone has had a lot to overcome with Brexit but obviously it's an area which there's a lot of struggles ongoing because people are finding it difficult to make ends meet with the cost of living and of course then that bleeds
1: into falling receipts at the tills as well so what's your your short term priority for the job? Well I suppose in the more wider brief I think the whole area of work permits and speeding up the processing um, there's been a lot of work done that it's something where we see key labour shortages in certain areas it can be care assistance in the health sector it can be hospitality it can be whatever that's something that I've done a lot of work on and I want to continue within retail more specifically a lot of supports were given by the state uh, over the last couple of years you don't just give those supports just for the businesses to fail when we get out of the emergency situation the pandemic so it's working with retailers of all sizes be it the large multiples or the small individual shops to make sure that they're still viable that they're adapting that it's not just always about the in-store experience but they can move online make the most of the opportunities that have we're forced upon them over the last couple of years. Mm. Uh, so does that mean then that if uh, in as much as there might be a cliff edge of some supports
0: um, on the way when some of the existing commitments do run out that you'd be making a case for there to be at least some
1: sort of graduated wind down or some ongoing help for people beyond the end of February? Like I think we've seen that the in other supports previously that the tapering has worked or where they're merited but there is, the Irish economy is in a very strong position. We've got the highest level of employment for the last 20 years so there is a lot of opportunities to maintain that despite the fact that we're in a slightly tricky situation globally, um, be it with the pandemic or the war and everything else. Mm. Um, what do you think of um, the, the argument
0: that the state having turned a surplus of €5 billion euro last year, and, and you might have heard me put this to Heather Humphreys a few minutes ago as well in the, the pre-recorded interview, a lot of people say, well, that's €5 billion euro that I could have what, would have quite liked to have, that taxes in the country are still relatively high and that's €5 billion euro that could have been put back into people's pockets, which might have helped to act as a retail stimulus. Is there a case for giving that back to people?
1: Well, I think what we've seen from the budget Already, we have seen money going back into people's pockets um, through various supports and through uh, changes in the tax uh, tax code. In terms of that 5 billion euro surplus, I think we have to be re- realistic about what that is and what's coming down the track. Um, it's largely driven by very high corporation tax returns, which are great, but we are looking into a difficult global scene. We see it be it in the tech sector, we see it more widely, that there are challenges coming up. So simply taking that five billion and, and putting it straight back in, I think that would be um I think that would be reckless. I think it's more important that we're careful with it. We're prudent. We see the importance of the rainy day fund previously. Mm. Those sort of measures. But absolutely, there is opportunities, as the Taoiseach said and the ministers of finance and public expenditure, to look at the supports as, as an ongoing uh, concern. So, so you can make an argument for putting the money aside
0: for a rainy day fund. On, and the last time that we had a very rainy day, we were delighted to have a bit of a nest egg built up. But for a lot of people now is the rainy day. We haven't had inflation like this in so long and there's so many other social crises that surely there's a really good case to be made that if the government has five billion more than it anticipated having that you should either put it back into people's pockets or really apply it to social
1: programs rather than just setting it aside for some even rainier day to come. Well, I think there's a balance. I think if we looked at the budget um, that was only passed uh, before Christmas, you saw, yes, a return into the rainy day fund, but you've seen tangible supports going into people's pockets, be it the double child benefit payment, the energy credits, the renter's credits. We are using that money. We are very, very aware that it is a, very distinct cost of living crisis that's affecting everyone in society and those supports are being put in I think was the biggest budget in history mm. and I think we have to recognise that it is all about balance you don't just do it in one go straight away. And what
0: about the, the lower VAT rate which is supposed to expire in a couple of months as well that would have a bit of an impact for a lot of different retail products to be making a case to, to roll that over or to extend it in some way?
1: I think you have to examine to see what the impact has been and that was brought in as an emergency measure really important really needed for certain sectors um, we have to look to see if it's still justified if it mm. is I'll make that case if it's not then we have to be realistic you you could say that there's a pretty straightforward case that a lot of
0: retailers are facing high overheads with their energy bills right now and there's a lower VAT rate on that which is due to expire in about six weeks time it's an obvious case for rolling that over isn't there
1: Yeah, that's certainly one that can be looked at but I think if you look at the energy supports that have also been put in for the business community, the opportunities that they comply for, that's a considerable amount of money and I know long before I took this job I've spent the Christmas break speaking um, with business owners, largely retailers and those in hospitality in my own constituency going through what grants were uh, available for them and making sure that they're in a position to get the paperwork through. Uh,
0: Just on a broader topic and again it goes back to how the job uh, came available in the first place, you now have a situation where um, two junior ministers, ironically enough, in the same department had both had to resign in the space of about five months because of different uh, ambiguities or apparent contradictions in the way that they manage their, their property affairs. It doesn't cre- create the greatest portrayal of a government where ministers are, seem to be so tied up in their own personal affairs that they're not able to devote their full t-
1: time to the, the workings of government or to the needs of the people. I think that's a big, a big statement to make but I know that certainly the two resignations haven't come about in the right way and they've certainly been very disappointing and it presents a massive challenge to all of us in politics to show exactly that we are 100% dialled into our responsibilities mm. uh, and committed t- t- to, to lose one
0: To paraphrase Oscar Wilde, to lose one would be unfortunate but to lose two in similar circumstances does perhaps point to a broader trend or at least people might think it does.
1: Well, people can, especially if you say it out like that, people may think that, but I think resignations from government do happen a lot around the world, um, not just in Ireland. It's part of the nature, if you think of the situation, you know, opposition TDs as well have had Mm. to clarify things. It shows that there is accountability, which I think is important, but certainly I take it fully... um, quite clearly that does present a challenge and it does mm. throw the responsibility on politicians to demonstrate that everything is clear and above board. Does
0: it also highlight the need to reform ethics law uh, a little bit quicker? And, and is that made slightly more awkward by the fact that the review would have to come from the Minister for Public Expenditure, who is now himself facing a complaint to Zippo?
1: No, I don't think so, because it's done by that department. And I think a lot of the proposals in reviewing and looking at new eth- or improving ethics legislation are going to come early this year. And that's really important. And that was coming anyway. It's not always done by the department though because the department makes a proposal but the minister has to bring it to cabinet
0: and get approval and you could have a minister bringing something to cabinet looking for a government sign off to change the ethics laws when it deals with a a matter which he himself
1: is now facing allegations. That's not ideal. It's not ideal but you're talking about allegations and hypotheticals so it's it's careful you don't go fully down that road. At the end of the day we have... Um, reviews coming up we have potential new legislation coming up or updates of legislation when it comes to ethics that's going to be done anyway and whoever the minister of the day is will present it and the government will make a collective decision do you, But do you think that there is now a, something of a, an imperative that this
0: be done quickly and done comprehensively because we've all seen it we've been talking about it earlier today about how SIPO have been
1: looking for stronger powers or more clarity in the law for a long time and they've never gotten it No I think there's absolutely um uh, responsibility as I said earlier on politicians to demonstrate this so yes let's bring it on as quickly as possible. Um, so first full day in the job tomorrow then what's on the, the very short-term agenda for you as you try to, to work your way into the gig? I think I've eight briefing minute meetings tomorrow with eight different assistant secretary generals so that should get me through to lunchtime at the start uh, and then after that it's the key priorities in the department uh, more widely but specifically for me I really want to look at the areas in relation to speeding up work permits uh, in terms of supporting retail and genuinely showing that the enterprise sector in this country is driving a really successful economy and we have to show we're, that's making it work for people.
0: Okay, uh, we will let you go. Thanks very much for coming in to join us this lunchtime. Neil Richmond, uh, Finnegal TD for Dublin breath and now also the Minister of State, responsible for Employment Affairs and Retail Businesses, joining us On The Record today. Neil, thank you very much.
1: On The Record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the
0: new equation. On News Talk.